another episode of the Nintendo Retain Podcast. I am Triforce Todd, and joining me today is Wario Will. Well, it's the end. The end of February, and we're going to go into, head into March right now. Can you believe that? And also, a happy uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release day. And I'm just waiting here for my collector's edition to come in. Please, UPS, ship it to me. I mean, I'll get it tomorrow at the time of recording, but still. Uh, <laughs> and what's everybody going to be? See, that's something I appreciate about digital game getting, especially when I get the review code from Keith, is that I get it basically day of. So I don't have to wait on the UPS. I just have to wait on Keith, which sometimes mm. is worse than the UPS, but I digress. <laughs> now, someone I will not digress about is Skullkiss Scott. Howdy. Oh, wait. Uh, yeah, I need to actually go to the podcast. Sorry about this uh, cloud. Um, yeah, so digital games are great, by the way. I have Rebirth now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we got a fun show for you tonight. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait. Challenger approaching. Yes, we have a very special guest to us joining us from Twitter, of all places. We got a open call, and I now want to introduce to you Jesse Jess. Hey, everybody. My name is Jess, and I'm a freelance games journalist. So I've written for all different kinds of places, including GameSpot, Digital Trends, Kotaku, Polygon, IGN. So I've been all over the place. Um, I used to mostly write for Inverse, but now my clients are all um, more diverse. So who knows? Maybe you've read me online. <laughs> oh. In other words, Jess is epic. Respect that. Okay. Now, as for why we have Jess today, it's because before the Pokemon Presents happened, which we will talk about in depth today, she sent out a beacon saying, hey, if you want someone to talk about Pokemon with, I'm your gal. And we said, okay. So that's what we are going to do. But first, what have you been playing? Mm, for me, I was playing the new Honkai Star Rail update recently. Not a Nintendo game, but I really wanted to pull for the new character. And I did not get her because my luck is bad. <laughs> yeah, Scott, you play Honkai, right? Yes, I do. I don't have enough uh, jades yet for the pull for the banner. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anything else you've been playing, Jess? Feel free to stretch back if you desire. Yeah, share your details, experiences, funny stories, whatever it may be. Actually, um, it is, I mean, Rebirth is a hot new thing now, but um, <laughs> my boyfriend, I was showing him Final Fantasy seven remake because he hasn't seen the original or the remake yet and we were playing through that for a bit nothing wrong oh. with that. and that, that is the appropriate way to play things you know the first then the second <laughs> i mean that's what i expected and yeah. then obviously when you get to integrate and then then to into rebirth it's basically true. yes and it's you, true. Gotta, you gotta you gotta there's an order there's an order yeah there's an order to this uh, I will give your the boyfriend some slack, though. As I have mentioned multiple times on the podcast, I did play the original PS1 version, but on Steam, but I never finished it. I got bored. <laughs> so, well, but I, I did beat Remake, though. I actually played Final Fantasy VII on the Nintendo Switch first because I didn't have a PlayStation when I was younger. So um, I do remember when I was going through Remake, I was like, don't, don't worry, it was, way, it was way more straightforward in the original because oh, yeah. the graphics were a lot less, um, you know, a lot less detailed. Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And yet still revolutionary for the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, now, before we get into the other, what we've all been playing, the important question in the Final Fantasy sense is, of course, Tifa or Aerith? Don't leave me hanging, Jess. 
Oh, I mean, personally, I like Tifa. Yes! Um, Thank you! Yes! <laughs> I feel like I just, I relate to her better, you know? Like, I just, I guess I really like Aerith, too, because she's, like, all perky and nice mm -mm 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 -mm. and playful. But, like, I feel like it. Tifa's really reliable and level-headed and kicks ass. And also, she's hot, so... <laughs> <laughs> ah, I see you're a woman of culture. Yes, <laughs> culture. But uh, no, I'm totally with you there. I, I mean, I get the love for Aerith, but when I was playing remake and I was seeing, you know, especially the voice actresses go at it, I was just like, Tifa's better. <laughs> Tifa's better, and that was before you realized that she can totally kick your butt, and you, de you deserve it. So, you know, <laughs> such is life. All right, Will. I know you haven't gotten your Rebirth Collector's Edition, but what have you been playing? So more or less, like during the, this past weekend, obviously the bit, the next biggest thing aside from Rebirth is for me is the Splatoon Three DLC of Side Order, and like I'm pretty sure you probably contribute as well Todd, as you also made a written the review on our on our site. So please do check that review out. And yeah, I gotta say the Side Order, like. It's definitely a, a, just a bit of a step down from Octo Expansion, but still very much enjoyable. That's pretty much what, what, I, what I personally feel as well as I see from the general consensus. Like, it is that rogue light. It is that, um, ha it definitely has that challenge. Like, heavy has that tasting difficulty of challenge that you know from Octo Expansion, but just in much more smaller form. Because like Octo Expansion was basically a giant one, a single player level. That was it. Like it was huge with different um, level types and all that. This time around, side order is like it's a bit more uh, compact, especially as a, as a rogue light. And I, I, but from what I played so far, like I I got I pretty much per, uh, over this past week, and I've perfect, uh, perfected everything, including the last pilot, including the, the perfect run of the yeah. Uh, um agent eights a pilot and with no hacks one life yes i actually went to that point i mean you can actually get that last stamp with uh, like minor hacks but i decided to go why not go go full on mario get the perfect run and all that and it, it is doable it is doable it just patience and luck that's basically i can recommend that is patience and luck and uh but if i have to sum up the um, side order dlc if you are a Splatoon 3 Splatoon fan, if you love the lore of Splatoon, then by all means, this is definitely service for you. Like, pays tribute to the final Splatfest of Chaos vs. Order. Even the music is just, like, good throwbacks to Splatoon 2. And, of course, naturally, once you've beaten this I mean, story campaign, you get the get uh, Inkopolis uh, Plaza uh, as, the, as, uh, as another hub. So you get all three hubs, 1, 2, and 3 in Splatoon. So... Good to see off the hook once again in Splatfest once again. And again, for kind of funny enough, we'll be having a Splatfest coming up soon, which we'll talk about in the new section. So yeah, side order, good. Not as great Octo expansion, but still very much enjoyable. And as well, uh, naturally, continuing on my track with Persona 3 Reload, uh, I have um, reached up to, basically almost to reach up to the the Hangman boss uh, before like the main uh, twist. To us at the end, um, I'm currently in the beginning of November right now. So, like, yes, I know. I'm taking my sweet time with it. No, do what you need to, man. You, <laughs> you're, you're, you've honestly been busy. I can say that. Now, I, I kept forgetting to mention this during my playthrough. They have a full moon on my birthday. I am not <laughs> amused. <laughs> okay? Like, it has to be a day of celebration, but no, it's the day when the world can almost end. How is that supposed to make me feel? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, like so. Yeah, I'm currently right, right head to that point. And of course, now I'm all I, I maxed out my stats. I maxed out most of my, um, my yeah, uh, most of the social links at the moment right now. So yeah, just basically continue trekking on and like beating the four guardians until reach up to that. I, I pretty much got everything, most if not most of all the trophies right now, except uh, Afki's one. You got to beat the Reaper. So that's one of the major things I plan to hopefully once I get high enough level. And uh, yeah, overall, again, Persona 3 Reload by far probably is once I finish that, most likely I'll probably finally dive head deep into Rebirth to that. And of course, naturally, uh, other things, um, just my on the mobile gotcha side, uh, with Fire Emblem Heroes. Uh, yeah, we have a new legendary banner of uh, legendary male uh, Alier. And yeah, thankfully, RNG just was kind to me and I got uh, a male Alier uh, in only 20 summons. So yes, RNG was very kind to me. As oh. it has been since the beginning, I'm not bitter at all. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, no, yes, you weren't obviously here for this, but when we, when Heroes first came out, uh, me, Will, and our original co-host, Telius Tyler, we would actually do like live summons. Just, oh. oh yeah, it was great. Except for me, because I never got five stars. These guys were getting five stars like all the time. It took me so dang long to get my first five star, and it was Takumi, and I used him forever uh. until I got another five star. And like, but then I found out later that these guys were making blood sacrifices via their, you know, their wallets, and that's why they had so many orbs <laughs> to spend. And I spent like forty bucks the whole period. All, all time, I've only spent 40 bucks on Heroes. These, those two spent so much more. Yeah, I wonder how much that is. I started playing it in high school with mm. my friends. And I remember we still got five stars, but I can't imagine how. Because I was wondering, did we just play that much? Because I feel like I remember having a lot. Like I had, um, I had Leo. I think Leo was my first one. I remember thinking, oh, yeah, he's going to be great because I love Leo. But he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Um. I got Bikini, like Cordelia. I got Ophelia. Um, mm. I got a couple of others. I remember I wanted Camilla, but I didn't get her. Uh, um, mm, 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 mm. There are a few others. I'm pretty sure I got Elise at one point, but like, you know, it was when Fates was still popping off because um, Three Houses hadn't come out yet. Yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, but I haven't played it since. It was a good memory, though. <laughs> but thankfully, Final Mirrors has definitely gotten like, yeah, you can easily get five stars easy off the previous generation. So, like, if you are, if you are a newcomer or new players, then by all means, they, they definitely have a lot of things to offer. Oh, did the story players. get any better? No, oh, not well, really. Well. <laughs> not really. It, 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 it did like the typical long-term storytelling of like it hit a peak and then like you almost honestly don't know what the heck is going on nowadays. Um, like they've done dark multiverses basically they've done machine realms they've done fairies and a, a, a swapping with a doppelganger which we never really got confirmation on it's weird <laughs> also did you guys catch what she said early on um she said she played the game when she was in high school which means we are so old <laughs> Yeah, when you said that, I just can't have like, wow, how how young Jesse is? Is like, oh, don't ask, don't don't answer that, Jesse. I don't want to know. Yeah, no, yeah, don't answer that. Don't answer that. That's a good question. You feel old enough. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but that also means that she's accomplished so much at a young age, which is props, mm -hmm. major props, right? There. Well, in the games industry, once you reach thirty, you're apparently supposed to expire. But... Oh God, <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. <laughs> And I had so much hope from the rest of my life. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna <clears throat> hold it together.
And uh, I'm 34 for the record, Jess. So thanks a lot for that. Um, it's okay. I'll catch up. <laughs> I'll catch up, Todd. I'll catch up to you. Jess never caught up to Todd. Anyway, uh, so, but I will talk about what I've been playing, which is to piggyback off of what Will said. I did do the uh, side order DLC for Splatoon 3. And I kid you not, we got a review code from Nintendo for it. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that we got, we got it a day late, but I'll take it. Like we, <laughs> we legit weren't going to reveal it just because I wasn't going to pay for the the DLC. I didn't think Will. I didn't know Will would. And then apparently one of our teammates who was in here tonight, she actually requested it, but everybody forgot because we just, you know, weren't the most interested. So Keith is like, "Hey, do you want this?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I got a weekend." And. uh Will, as he told me in our Discord, he beat the he. Like, I went completionist on it. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But you, when you the initial beating the run, like beating the tower, you did it in three runs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did it in about six or seven, which goes to show how luck plays a factor, which Will's already admitted. Um, but for me, I totally agree with Will that it felt like a step down from the Octo expansion, which we both loved. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I mean, that mm -hmm, felt like a complete story. I like the the level progression. I, lo I love the train aesthetic. Yes, you know there was a lot to to love there. And then you know we got more of a backstory on Pearl and Marina and all that. And but this one, it felt like they were just going for the gameplay. Like mm -hmm. they wanted a rogue. Okay, help me out here. Well, is this a rogue like or a rogue light? Light, L I T. Okay. Well, then I apologize. I I said like in my review. I, I mean, it, it it is comparable a rogue like, but it is on the lighter version, so that's why it's called uh, rogue light. Well, see, I, so you you'll be still technically correct. I would hope so, because I'm like, <laughs> it is a rogue esque game. I mean, you know, the the random levels, the trying to make the best build. That's why thought was a rogue it's the fact that we have such terms really ticks me off it's i'm like i am an old man apparently in the gaming industry so how am i supposed to keep up with what all you newfangled kids are saying you know back in my day when we wanted video games to work we had to blow in the cartridges <laughs> and yes i did have to do that um but overall Good old n64 uh, no no <laughs> snes actually and, and the game boy at times so you know it was no, uh, lots of times for the game boy for me I was gonna say oh, I was gonna say a phrase, but it might come off as dirty, so I'm not gonna do it. Um, PG podcast, but they uh, at its core, I did like side order because I did like the concept of you know choosing the levels, trying to get the best build, trying to endure whatever the game threw at you. The elevator, I liked. I liked that concept of you know going floor by floor. That was unique. Mm -mm. My problem was that. The the randomized elements, which I know is what is part of a roguelike or roguelite, whichever it is, um, it really hindered my personal experience. Oh. Like, for example, in the first, my very first run, I got 15 floors in before I died. I died right before this. No, sorry. 19 floors in. I died right before the second boss. And that was because the second boss, I didn't fully understand what was going on. And I only had, like, one life. So, I, you know, I... It didn't last, which is fine. I knew I would die. I I would have been stunned. I would have actually been disappointed if I did it. No no deaths, because like then the, then the challenge wouldn't have been there. But uh, 
Then I tried, you know, to say, okay, I got it. I understand what's going on now. So I did the second run. I died like much earlier because of some really random level bull crap. And then the third run, I couldn't get the build that I wanted because I kept getting uh, Pearl Drone upgrades. And I'm like, I don't mind the Pearl Drone, but that was never my focus. I was always about doing better damage, get having uh, them get poisoned or stuck in, my, in the ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, help helping with armor. You know, I wanted to be an endurance attacker, like a tank. I wanted to be a tank. And in that playthrough, I could not get a good chip to save my soul. <laughs> and so then when I faced, like, one of the bosses, and then, and then they shifted the bosses. They did, there was the, 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 the ball inker thing. Yeah, 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 the big and, ball. Yeah, and yeah. then they swapped that out for a bunch of clones, uh, clone octolings, and, like, I wasn't prepared for that. And then I died because they just overwhelmed me. I'm like, well, that's not my fault. I didn't have the right build. So, and then, <laughs> and then in my fourth or fifth run, I got to 28th level. Ooh. And I was, like, I was like, okay, this is it. I had, like, three lives left. I was doing good. And I get to the 28th level. And I'm I literally in a bounce house. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I, and I I'm like, okay, I have this, this, and this. I know I can do this kinds of damage. I had a really good build going, but none of that mattered because I was in the bounce house. And like literally, literally, enemies were like just jumping on top of me in massive numbers. I couldn't get away, and I lost. And I was furious. Mm. I wanted to throw my switch. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I want to you know keep my switch around. It's one of my main sources of entertainment. But I wanted to throw my switch, and then it took me two more runs to finally get there. And then when I got to the final boss, well, I won't spoil it, but you know it wasn't that much of a challenge. It, yeah. it, it was lacking to me. And yes, I had a good build in that one too, but it it still didn't feel like much of a challenge. And then all of a sudden the game is over, and they go, oh by the way, there are secrets in here, but you can only do it by getting a run-through with every other weapon in the game. So that means you had to do, like, what was it, 13? 13 perfect playthroughs? Uh, yeah, you, like, just uh, complete uh, uh, 13 other weapons, if I recall correctly. Okay. Like, 12, 13 other weapons. Fine. 13 weapons, let's just say 13. 13 weapons total. You have to do 13 run-throughs, which means you have to have 13 perfect runs with all that random variability. And I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> like, just FYI as well, because like in the mar uh, marina hacks, you can actually get a hack to allow you to give a continue. So in case you do die of all life, you can actually get a continue by paying a uh, three thousand um, currency. You can, you can, so, but yeah. at at the time, it, I didn't have it because mm -hmm. if, you, if you don't do enough levels, you're not going to have enough currency. So, which obviously, yes, I know you can, you know, upgrade the hack to cost less, but the the transfer rate for the pearl points was never meaningful enough for me and uh, but i really like one or two things depending on their price point so i always went for like lives and damage and then sometimes it still didn't matter and when i think of the octo expansion you know like the story was as much driving force as the gameplay but in this one like the story is literally just go beat the order guy you get marina in the prologue which i guess is a nice twist i suppose but it was just like, okay, now we... Oh, yeah, by the way, we're in the Matrix. Spoilers! Uh, <laughs> it, it was definitely kind of fun because I remember back in the Octopus Expansion, the whole mem cakes. Yes, that's what it's called, mem cakes, not meme cakes. And, uh, yeah, just basically, yeah, Marina, ever since after the, the last Blackfest of, of Chaos Forces Order, he she basically made the Matrix, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which was cool. I mean, like, and, I, and I've always dug Marina. She's always been my favorite of Off the Hook. 
but and then to hear that she did all this and then using her hacking skills to give us better power boost you know i like that element and then there was the 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 diaries that you could read that yes the diary entries when you unlock like yeah. all, all the locker yeah the lockers and but, but i didn't like yeah. that i had to earn that as weird as that sounds like and i know and I you know that there's many games where you have to like you know do side quests to unlock you know data entries and whatever but when i have to like work super dang hard <laughs> <laughs> just to do a perfect run 12 different times just to open these lockers to get more pallets to get more diary entries when i've already beaten the game it don't interest it don't interest <laughs> me i kind of find it funny because like when i did, did my runs i mean again i i'm the i'm definitely the, the splatoon 3 hardcore guy here and like, when i went through went through like the yeah i, I can't imagine if you had to go try with like the charger or rollers and all that because like those other weapons if you don't know like the, the learning curve with these weapons it can be definitely take the enjoyment out of it because like that's not my specialty i don't use duelies i don't use rollers but yeah like in my experience like i, I even even though I don't use like the charger, like the sniper weapons, surprise. Thankfully, there's like very good if you like try it via the salmon runs because you can modify them to those set of special uh, Grisco weapons to like I don't know get a blaster that like is rapid fire and all that. So like that's why I do like the the, like, the modifiers, especially with the whole main piercing, the piercing chip. That is a godsend. The piercing yeah, chip. Ooh, I, I use that, that whenever I could get it. You know. It, mm -hmm. it it was it was meaningful and then again i i was trying to do for power ink sticking and poisoning um you know i i got multiple armors thanks to per, uh, marina so that helped out but mm -hmm, you know it, yeah. here's what i said in my review i gave my, i gave the side order dlc a three out of five which i know may seem harsh but here's why i said it if you're doing this for like a story like the octo expansion you're gonna be disappointed yeah yeah, yeah. if you're doing it for gameplay and you are absolutely a person that like say hollow knight or dead cells mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm, those mm -hmm. other like true roguelike roguelite games cover my bases here now um this is the game for you because it gives you a challenge but if you are like me like let's just call it myself a splatoon 3 casual um i like one set of weapons i do it well enough and i don't need to switch so when you tell me i need to do all these other weapons that i'm barely familiar with you have another thing coming <laughs> so, <laughs> so as always your experience may vary and, and then as will said you know you will get you will unlock the splatoon 3 plaza and then the other half of the dlc was returned to ingopolis which you get splatoon 1 so for 25 bucks it's not the worst way you can yeah, yeah but yeah. there are more complete roguelike experiences and roguelite experiences uh for that price point so it really just depends on how much you really want to dedicate to this dlc pretty much pretty much if, if the season pass was actually was a slip more cheaper then yes i would recommend but yeah at the price 20, point it was hard legit if it was 20 bucks for everything i would have called that a good price point yes 10 yeah, bucks yeah. for each and let's be honest it's more like 15 bucks for first split for a side order and five for Ingopolis. wave one should just not exist that should have been a free update yeah that, yeah that should have been updates come on nintendo be better yeah. than that um and then just very lightly, I'm still playing uh, Apollo Justice mm -hmm. uh, trilogy. I have I did the turnabout storyteller and got to the balloons, girl. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's still not my favorite story, but it does have one of the best things that they did because they went into 3D, and that's when Athena gets you know basically put down by the prosecutor who I, he's the worst prosecutor. He's the worst prosecutor in the game, Sadamahi, and. Uh, we actually see Simon Blackwell come up to Athena in like the first person and basically grab her and shake her. It was like, is this what you do? I thought you were going to be her his lawyer. And it's just a very in-your-face moment I did not expect. It was really hilarious. But uh, so, you know, there are always good points, even in the bad stories. But 
Uh, I look for. I'm now in the final chapter of the main story, and I look forward to playing it because this is this is like one of the best cases of the whole series. So again, if you, check out my review of that where I gave it a four out of five, which proves it's better than Side Order. Um, <laughs> it's also three games in one, so it better be better than DLC. <laughs> so uh, yeah. All right, Scott. What about you? Alrighty. So as part of the course, I have been continuing my third playthrough of Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I Scott, finished you need help. the you need help, main Scott. story again. <laughs> I don't need help. I need more Grand Blue Fantasy. You need more crabs, right? <laughs> I do. I am now at thirty-one crabs on the third playthrough. <laughs> yeah, we just want to note just that you know he was at 20 before and, and now he's at 30 crabs which means he should see a doctor now but he won't <laughs> listen to us crabs i yeah see <laughs> they've got collectibles you can find in the game <laughs> yeah it's collectibles <laughs> it's all uh anyway, luckily it's it's nice um Okay, so it's not contagious. It's <laughs> not contagious. Well, unless you want to look on my uh, YouTube that I've been uploading my run through of this playthrough specifically and see where all the crabs are. <laughs> Don't do it, Jess. Save yourself. But uh, yeah, no, um, it, it's really nice and it's really actually really engaging to play as a third playthrough because I've been doing that as a coach, like a duo stream. I've been streaming the game at the same time as someone else. And we've just been helping each other find the crabs and then help each other with like the bosses and stuff at the same time that we're at. I think it's really fun. It's another it's another big reason to play Grand Blue Fantasy because then we go into co-op and we have to get all the side quests because side quests are co-op but the main story is not. All right. I Still. didn't realize there was a that co-op was such a you know, like a big draw to it. I do know like um my editor for Digital Trends played it and he was like, Oh yeah, it's like the best he really liked it and he barely likes JRPGs. He was like, Oh yeah, it's the best thing since Tales of Arise. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's a bold statement from your editor. We should get we should get him on the podcast and, and like clear his clear his mind, show him the truth. I yeah, I've been having lots of fun with it. I think it's probably one of the most um well it's a unique take on what people have like seen of just like kind of Monster Hunter, but also not Monster Hunter at the same time. It's still probably one of my favorite games until we get to the next game that I've been playing, which is uh, Rebirth. <laughs> uh... <laughs> that one will also probably be one of the top games of this year. <laughs> if, not, yeah. if not the top game of this year, depending on you know how the back half of this year is looking. <laughs> yeah, currently it's, it's not the best. It's no. not, isn't that ironic that we got like all the great games in like two months? Right? It's it's kind of wonky. It's like I, I fear like we're gonna get like everything's gonna be in the first three months, and then like the next like nine months is gonna be just completely dry. Which yeah. honestly, I'm not that against just because I have so many games now in my backlog thanks to the first three months of this year. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and of course, yeah. I, I still haven't finished Reload, so. Oh, actually, yeah. on that note, Jess, oh, yeah? rapid fire, yes or no, you have played these games this year. Uh, like a Dragon, uh, Infinite Wealth. I have not. Okay. Uh, Tekken 8. No. Apollo Justice Trilogy. I have had a feeling this is, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I play, like, a, I'm mostly on live service. <laughs> oh, oh, my heart. Oh, it hurts. Oh. Please do not say the SS game. No. SS? <laughs> Suicide Squad? Oh no, I did not. Oh thank ah, God. Okay, saving grace, Ooh. saving grace. She, she is redeemed. She is redeemed. And then obviously, you, you, I guess you didn't play Persona Three Reload. 
I have the code. I have a touch to you because I don't have time. Okay. <laughs> you will enjoy that. I would I would bet money. And feel free to come back on once you play it so we can talk about it. So <laughs> and then uh, you're gonna get rebirth. Um well I don't you see I've played the remake like a remake, but I don't have a PS5 because Oh right. Oh okay. okay. That's fair. Happens. Okay. Happens. That's pa that's pass. That, that's a pass. All right. Like I would play it, but I don't have a PS5. Now I'm gonna wait for it for PC, like I did on remake. So yeah. it's all I get. So yeah, that's that's a pass right there. You, you, you don't have to worry about that one. Uh, and yeah, our co-host Faith has a PS5 somehow. <laughs> somehow. Anyway. I mean, I'm interested in Unicorn Overlord. Ah, uh, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> nice. There you go. Yeah. Our boss is like over the moon like he really wants to play that game the demo i hear was fantastic you could yeah play mm -hmm. uh, ps4 ps5 pc switch yeah pretty much the no not pc oh no not pc pc is the only thing not coming that's not yeah, yeah, <laughs> so not. weird yes like, it is i mean every main rpg is on pc why wouldn't this one be like that doesn't make sense so but we yeah, it's, it's just one of those things when you look into the vanillaware they i don't think any of their games have made it to pc <laughs> no i don't even recall dragon crown too yeah the, re, the one of the stuff dragon crown yeah, yeah. wow that's that is or 13 cent knows or 13 yeah. cent knows yeah. Yeah. Oh, i'm gonna look that up i could have sworn that some of them hit pc but that's I, that's neither here nor there uh all right so that wraps that up which means it's time for the news and oh the week we've had so it's time to go down the war pipe. And first, the reason Jess is here. The Pokemon Presents. Yes, we had one. Yes, it had a game. Singular. Only. <laughs> Meaningful. Okay, yes, it only had two because of the, the mobile game, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, the Pokemon Presents happened, and lady and gentleman, uh, I, was not, I was not thrilled. I was not, I, I was not moved. Yeah, fool me once, shame, uh, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me th like three uh, Pokemon present uh, presents, and like, yeah, um, look, like it, unless you're like a hard, die-hard Pokemon fan, then by all means, these things are pretty much exciting for you. But like, if anything else, these past Pokemon presents, you only get gotta get one major game, and the rest of it is pretty much mobile titles. Be it like I don't know, Pokemon Unite, Pokemon Sleep, Pokemon Cafe, is is majority, if not the mobile market. You only. If anything, they're gonna show just one major title. That's it. That that's why I've run for these past past uh, Pokemon Directs is like, yeah, keep keep it low. Just keep it low. Yeah. Wait a second. Weren't wasn't Arceus and Scarlet Violet in the same direct? I remember that yes. being crazy. No, yeah, only they, that one time, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yes, but then last year we had the the unveil of the DLC, so that was meaningful enough. It was this one that was bad because it wasn't something that was coming out this year. Yeah, we gotta wait till 2025, which we will get to. But yeah, like I am literally, <laughs> I am literally thumbing through the presents right now, which is actually the first time I've watched it because it, I once I found out what happened because you know I just slept that day, you know I was like I'm not waking up for this just in case nothing good is shown, and sure enough, um, but yeah, we're gonna get Poke legendary Pokemon and Pokemon Sleep, yay, um, Pokemon Horizons is coming to Pokemon Go, okay. Uh, Pokemon's Masters EX is getting silver and some other characters. Fine. Cafe Remix, who cares about that? Pokemon Unite, who cares about that? Um, oh, yes. And then the, the first, I guess, truly big reveal was that we are getting a brand new Pokemon trading card game app title. And here's the key thing. You might be thinking, wait a minute. Wasn't there already something like that out there? Yes, but this one's made by a company that actually knows what to do. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, but yeah, this is a, a new Pokemon uh, trading card game. And, and then they even have like an immersive cards feature where you can open and trade via your phone. And it's made by DNA. Oh. And not the Pokemon Company, which is very important to say. <laughs> like uh, this, this one definitely has potential because at the moment right now, like the other only major uh, trading card game mode app at the moment right now, I could it pop in my mind is Yu Gi Oh Duel yeah. Links. That's the link that pops in my mind, and so like this Call is definitely Master Duel. Master Duel. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah, like yeah, Pokemon TCG uh, app. Then yeah, and again, you, apparently they said they will give you free packs every single day. So eh, kind of a bit of sense of there. So who knows? Like we'll see how it is. But again, it's 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 good to see another like uh, TCG app here competing in the market. So yeah. we'll see how it does. We'll see yeah. how it does. And I remember- oh, I was going to say there's also supposed to be a stream. They said there's like a streamlined version of the game, so it's supposed to be quicker if you want to just play something really quickly and not have it take so much of your time, like maybe a lunch break thing. I'm not really sure what they mean by that, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting, you know, like like a basic version and then the pro version, I guess. So, yeah. Like, I remember the original, like the actual original Pokemon trading card game video game on the Game Boy. No, it was Game Boy Color. It was Game Boy Color. And Game like, Boy Color, yeah. That was my life. <laughs> that was my life for so long. And then a friend of mine stole the game, so I had to get it a new one and then start all over again. I'm not bitter at all. Not That's what feels bad. It's just like he lied about it. I know he had it, and he kept lying to me. So, uh, so, I, and then when Master Duel came out, like that, like that took off. Like I remember, like everyone said, like, "Oh my gosh, you gotta get into Master Duel. It's so awesome." So if they can recreate that with this, power to them power to them but before we get to the main thing we're obviously going to talk about at least in part for this section uh as many people noted they were hinting at some serious johto stuff the entire pokemon presents they had yep. the unknowns they mm-hmm. had the legendary dogs and then they pull a fast one to go no you're going back to Kalos and you're gonna like it so, <laughs> props to them for that because the big reveal that we got right at the end is the announcement of pokemon legends za or Z28, depending on how you want to call it. And we are indeed going back to the Kalos region. And in the teaser trailer that we got, they uh, show off basically the blueprint for Lumios City, which is either implying that we're going to go to it at the beginning of its construction, or as the title says, it's a redevelopment plan, not a development plan, redevelopment, which means it could be overhauling the city. It depends on how you want to interpret it. But uh, we are going back to Lumio City, and as the name implies, we are finally getting something with Zygarde. Finally! <laughs> yeah. It exists. Well, we knew it existed, but we never... When the anime... Okay, the anime for Kalos was awesome. I'll get to that in a second. But when the anime does more right by a legendary than the games does, you have a problem. <laughs> uh, so, I'm excited for this. I enjoyed Kalos. I really did. It was the first Pokemon, oh, sorry, first mainline Pokemon game that embraced 3D graphics. So that was a huge thing at the time. It had a unique story. It kind of fizzled out at the end or whatever. And, you know, Team Flare wasn't the best, but, you know, overall, I really liked it. And I'm a, I'm very curious about how they're going to do Legends ZA because I love Legends Arceus. I, uh, just when I did my review on it, I said it's easily one of the best Pokemon games ever. Which apparently is a controversial opinion now. I don't know why. Apparently, people think the graphics brought it down. That never weighed me down when I was playing. So, 
I, I remember thinking that they were kind of good, actually, for what geez. it was. I, yeah. I, I really like her, guys. Um, <laughs> not just because she agrees with me, but she clearly has taste. Um, but yeah, like, was it the best? No, but it was all about the gameplay. It was about, you know, embracing this, at the time, semi-open world Pokemon game that we had never really had before. And, you know, the different gameplay mechanics, you know, actually working with Arceus, you know, to collect all the Pokemon to get the Pokedex finish. You know, that was so cool. And it makes me really interested, and we'll talk about this in our main event, obviously, but it makes you interested to see what they're going to do with ZA. So, Jess, since this is the reason you're here, what did you think about the ZA announcement? I remember when it was going on, I wasn't sure what kind of game they were trying to tell me this was going to be. And then when they put Pokemon Legends at the end, I was like, oh, so this is going to be like Arceus, right? At least a little bit. I'm kind of thinking, I was kind of thinking about, is this before the current day Lumio City or is it future? Because it was kind of, it looked kind of futuristic, right? With the way that it was all lit up and that totally. it's a redevelopment plan. Totally. But at the same time, I was like, I guess it could technically be before too. And the unknown give the impressions like, I don't know. Unknown's always like ancient-ish kind of vibes because they're hieroglyphs. So I kind of can't tell which one's going to be. I think it is more futuristic though. Yeah, like as I noted in the in the teaser trailer, it doesn't say development plan; it says redevelopment plan. Redevelopment, right, right. And I looked that up. That literally means to take a certain structure and then improve upon it. So we see the blueprints for Lumio City, but that could mean an expansion. It could mean like this is what it is now. We're going to make it better. It's really up in the air. And so we know that they did the whole Jubilife Village thing for Arceus. Now obviously it became Jubilife City. So will we see Lumios get built before our eyes? It's hard to say. But I was mm -hmm. calling us on a different website that I work for, Jess. I'm like, I bet you they're going to drop like a Legends title and say it's going to come out next year. We're not going to get anything this year, which is <laughs> not just proof that, you know, I am clearly clairvoyant and why I'm the host. But I, it feels like Game Freak, not, I'm not going to say Game Freak, they're not, they're not guilty in this, but the Pokemon company, they've been, they're actually listening to us and not rushing the next title. Because after what happened with Scarlet and Violet and the incredibly buggy launch that it was, um, they can't they can't do that again. They they can't you know rush a title out just like so many other developers and publishers have done in the last few years. They have to nail this, and especially with it potentially being a game on the Switch successor, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, they they can't they have to make this as perfect as possible, like it was in the past generations. Do you agree? Yeah, I get that. I mean, I'm still gonna I'm gonna miss the Mimi weird glitches, you know, like falling ah. through the floor and into hell basically. But yeah. yeah. Or or riding around on your legendary, but it's not showing you actually riding on it. You drift off. Yeah. Oh, those threads were legendary. Hi oh. Um all right, Will Scott, what about you guys? What did you think of the ZA announcement? There wasn't a lot in the announcement. It was kind of like just uh vague kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. sketches of Pokemon with the sketching of the city with the sketching of things that were like the un, like the little quotes of the redevelopment yeah, yeah, redevelopment. So you're saying it's <laughs> sketchy at best? Hiya. <laughs> Definitely feels like that. No. <laughs> yeah, like when I saw the trailer is like okay, one it obviously is going back to that to that territory and of course naturally I don't know. I feel like since 
I can't help it, but also was kind of coinciding with the whole uh, with obviously with Rebirth with Final Fantasy VII because like it totally looks like Midgar. I mean, or any other walled <laughs> city of any anime genre. I'm sorry, it kind of just reminded me of that, and yeah, just like seeing it, just like well, obviously gonna be making it better. It's just like how it's gonna be, and like see like this this CG trailer, like oh, like add more things to it, and like be re. re- Re- basically repurposed remade into this current generation it's like okay what's gonna be uh, but again i'm the casual pokemon fan so i, I w- wouldn't know too much so yeah hmm. one of the things i was wondering about was i think pokemon legends like the name that implies that there's some kind of lore that's going to be told here for some reason because Absolutely. it's like a legend but i'm wondering what that is if it is set in the future and also if it'll be how the open world part will come to it if it's going to be formatted if it's going to be similar to the way that Arceus was a gameplay wise because i'm like well mm-hmm. there's the, if it's a city I, it's not going to be the same open plains and mountains that there were in you know jubilife and all that so i'm not sure how that's yeah, going to yeah, work yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe you did venture out of the city but Probably. i'm not really sure how I, it's going to look like so far I, i'd be surprised i mean i would bet like just like with jubilife that lumios is like the, the focal point the centerpiece like that's where you start and then oh. you would, like because because like with with uh uh arceus it was yeah what did they call it it wasn't before it was Sinnoh. i forgot uh hisui yeah. yeah they had you explore hisui in its raw form you know like this is what it was before everyone expanded on it and then we only had jubilife village as a home and so maybe they're going to do something different with like a future context like you know things have changed since you last played xy and who knows it it's all up in the air as as, as scott said it's very sketchy but yeah there's definitely going to be new lore here and for those who don't understand zygarde let me very loosely uh explain why this this is one of the best legendary pokemon and i truly believe that um it's the dna pokemon well one of them and it's basically a whole bunch of cells and the more cells you collected you could get a different form of Zygarde. So you had the original one cell, which was uh, Squishy in the anime, which was Bonnie's Pokemon. Then you would get the dog, then a uh, basically a snake creature, and then you get a kaiju <laughs> in the final form. And in the anime, that final form went to war with basically everybody, and it took Ash Greninja and Diantha to, to bring it down. Like, that's how powerful it was. So I, to piggyback off of the Midgar reference, wouldn't mind seeing that Pokemon coming to Lumio City trying to set it on fire, and then the music going, Zahaikart! Oh, so it'll be like Godzilla. Yeah, ooh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Except with a laser cannon. It canonically has a laser cannon. So... It's it's an incredibly powerful Pokemon, but in the original XY games, it was just there. Like, you could find it and catch it, and then that was it. <laughs> so, like, much like with Arceus, who, if you recall, only you could get through a D, uh, DS event at Toys R Us, further showing our age. Um, I feel so old. Uh, we're gonna, definitely going to learn more about Zygarde and what it means to Kalos as a whole. So, very exciting, but... I am glad it's in 2025, but now let's talk about this point. It said specifically at the end of the trailer, simultaneous release in 2025. And people have been trying to dissect what that means. Does that mean simultaneous release in, as in it's going to be released in Japan and the U.S. at the same time? Which it didn't do for Scarlet and Violet in terms of wording. Or is this, it's going to be on the Switch and the Switch successor at the same time? Thoughts? Hmm. It, it seems to me like, yeah, they kind of be 
making it for both systems i feel like like one obviously like the base version for the switch and then uh whenever they announce the next system yeah it's gonna be, be probably for that i mean probably wouldn't be cost efficient that way but i think it seems to be covering in spaces if anything else my guess is with is with the timing between japan and us just because simultaneously gives me the impression of um related to time as in like a set because uh i guess if it were the switch to, and the switch two or whatever it is i feel like it'd be like ah well i guess that mean the platforms or like it, i feel like it'd be said differently somehow maybe scott yeah it's complicated i mean once say complicated but it's very confusing and it's because pokemon has done this in multiple times if you look at their old like tweets for Detective Pikachu Returns, they also say simultaneously on Nintendo Switch systems, and that was in okay. 2023. Okay, I, uh, but I must have forgot. Scarlet that. and Violet did not do that, so it's one of those just it's confusing because the wording isn't the same as like uniform. Yeah, and we got- um, mm-hmm. but they were mainly I think also focusing on the fact that it could run on the Switch Lite. Yeah. Because oh, okay. remember, some games don't run or some games can't run on the Switch Lite, which there there isn't a lot of them, but there are some that don't. Interesting. Okay, that's a good point. That's probably that then. Or I mean it could be to Switch 2, but yeah, my I'm not saying it's not for Switch 2. How dare you? I mean, it could be still doing that. It's yeah. absolutely worded that way for some reason. Yeah. And it could just be it's gonna run on the Switch Lite and it'll be on the Switch, or it'll be like, hey, we're gonna have it on the Switch and whatever proceeds or ever succeeds the switch yeah as so we're going to know in a, in, a, in a news piece in a second we still don't know when the bloody switch successor is coming out so nope. it's not really it's not helping matters like that <laughs> so ah uh, but i am excited for za i am curious I, I a lot of my friends including our uh, co-host uh, falcon faith uh they didn't get to play xy for whatever reason or they didn't enjoy it as much as i did so this is their next chance to see it in a new light and I will give the Pokemon company this. Everyone was saying it was going to be black and white. We're yep. going we're gonna to get the remasters. And yeah, you know what? Yeah, that yeah. would not have been the worst thing to drop in 2024. Not going to lie. Like, that would have been a little bit of an easy thing to release, get a whole bunch of sales to end the Switch era on. You know, one last big hurrah, as we've been saying many times. Uh, but then they go, no, we're going to do a Legends title. And it's, to be, and it's hopefully going to be epic. And I hope so, because I really did love Arceus. So... We'll see. We shall see. We shall see. All right. Next up, we had a surprising article from today, and that involves the next Splatfest. Woohoo! Right. Yes. And now <laughs> it's going to be Friday versus the next Friday, and then the Friday after that. So Will is in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Uh, but no, the next one is actually musical themed or musically themed it's going to be drums versus guitar versus keyboard which instrument would you play okay then i'm kind of as much as i want to go bill and ted and just go for the guitar route unfortunately i think i have to go skip and actually kind of slow low-key kind of prefer keyboard yeah i always had a yeah always with the keys it seems to be uh, intrigues me in a sense yeah scott where are you landing Guitar because I already learned how to play the guitar in high school. Boom! Oh. Rockstar! <laughs> Rockstar. Now, uh, 
anyone who knows me knows that I was more of a classical musician. I, of course, played the flute. Uh, that's nice. This, this is true. I, I could play it. I could also twirl it and use it like a sword. People didn't like that for whatever reason. I have no idea why. <laughs> did it work? Did it go well in the sympathy? <laughs> no, it didn't go well in my high school, but that's another story entirely. Um, and then I played the baritone because I was asked to switch for uh, personal reasons, let's just say. And so I, but I dreamed at times of like playing the drums because we had a really good drum core. Like we nice. had really like cool oddballs and misfits who like could rock those drum sets and it was awesome. But then you like, you look at like all the great guitar players, you know, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Van Halen, all of them, Les Paul, of course, he was the guy behind the guitar. <laughs> and you're like, you know, I wish I could jam like they did. And then you got like the great keyboard players and, you know, especially like the, like the synthesizer keyboard, where you can make it sound like however you want. Those are cool. Exactly. <laughs> and who would, who would love to like just jam to your own tune while like screwing with the sound effects? That's so annoying, just like me. So I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. And it's also just as funny as well. This Blackfest is going to be taken on the same weekend as uh yes, yeah, Princess Show Princess Peach Showtime as well. <laughs> oh, that's that's interesting timing. <laughs> huh? You know what they should have done? I'm not saying they would have done this for various reasons, but they what they should have done is a uh, princess uh, triple threat with Peach, Rosalina, and Daisy. Mm. Yeah, when are they gonna do another like a collaboration like that? Yeah. Come on, another Pokemon, another SpongeBob, <laughs> or Transformers? I don't know. Yeah, they got they get they got weird in these Splatfests. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, how about you, Jess? What where is your instrumental leaning? Um, I know how to play the piano, and I played violin too. Oh, wow. But um, yeah, I mean, I haven't played violin in ages. I still know remember how to play piano, but. The left hand is like more, I always needed to get it down for muscle memory. It was hard for me to just like play on the spot, but with the right hand, I could pick up melodies pretty easily. I also tried to learn to play guitar, but it was, it's still hard for me to reach all the things that I need to in the, um, what do you call it? Well, like on the, like on the bars, like reaching all the chords yeah. with my fingers, it's yeah. difficult, small hands, or I think it's hard in general, but. Fair enough. No. Now, uh, Remember, guys, remember the game uh, Guitar Smith? Yes, The Rocksmith. Yeah, where they actually like <laughs> taught you how to play guitar. I was so jealous because I'm like, you know what? That might be how I could learn guitar. But then I would actually have to, you know, buy a guitar and then play it, which would have been difficult and, you know, loud in my parents' household. So yeah. that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen at all, which is weird because the flute is much more annoying sounding than a guitar, but I digress. So my mom wanted me to play a flute. Uh, but yeah, that that Splatfest is happening on the 22nd to the 24th, so you have a few weeks to prepare musically for your uh, individual symphony, as I would like to say. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea how this is going to go down, just because the last two Splatfests alone have been like, wait, which one won? <laughs> so, <laughs> my bet, right, just gut feeling based on what's going on, the keyboard's going to win. Keyboard's going to win, followed by drums, and guitar will be last, because like that's like the obvious pick. So, But we shall see. We shall see. And now, everyone, it's time for everyone's favorite news topic. More Nintendo Switch successor rumors. Why? Uh, again and again and All again. Right. Wake me up wake. when it's over. Wake me up when September ends. I was going to do that joke, I was going to do that joke. How dang, dang you. Um, but yeah, we, we really hate talking about this stuff, Jess. But we have to because it just keeps coming and this week literally this week the newest report came from uh, Neki. Nikki how do you say that will 
Nikkei? Nikkei, uh, Nikkei, thank you. Nikkei, I like that. And they claim via paywall. Okay, first of all, paywall, really? What do you think you are, EA? Uh, dang. <laughs> um, they said, quote, priority was given to the, to, okay, sorry, rewind. Last week, there was a report that the Nintendo Switch successor had been delayed internally from late 2024 to Q1 2025, so basically March of next year. And Nikkei decided to back that up and saying priority was given to ensure the internal inventory of the successor console and a lineup of software titles as launch in an attempt to avoid widespread reselling. So in other words, they want to make sure they don't run out this time <laughs> and there aren't massive shortages, which not only happened with the Switch, but the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and X at points because of the uh, micro pro uh, yeah, microprocessor shortage due to the global pandemic. So I can respect this. I could respect them saying, hey, we want to make sure everyone can get, oh, not everyone, obviously, but as many people as possible can get it before things start selling out. And, and I can respect that. Yeah. But, and, and then the internal software thing, I think we talked about last week, which is, you know, they want to make sure they have a good lineup, which, duh. <laughs> they want to have games on their console. Of course, we don't want another PS5 <laughs> situation. Hey, y'all. But they had Miles. It was a 10-hour Miles campaign. Even I was disappointed at that. Um, hey, they had a Neptunia game. <laughs> yeah, sure, Jan. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this is, uh, as as our boss told us, you know, this could be another uh, Nintendo Switch Pro situation where everyone's reporting that's coming out next year, and then it doesn't. So, as always, please take it with a grain of salt. But... These, they just keep coming. Jeez, <laughs> yeah, again, Nintendo will let you know when they're ready. They're re when they're ready, they're ready. That's it. It's like Hawaiian time. We'll get there when we get there. Yeah. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch leaks are kind of like, I feel like it, people, you know, like it, GTA 6 was the thing that people always talked about the leaks for. Yeah. And now it's like, well, I guess it still isn't out, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, but at least we know and we went from it's it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's not coming. Now it is coming, it's coming in a couple of years. And now I heard I saw a report today that say that, oh, it's in its final phase. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, what does it really mean to be in a final phase and all that? And Rockstar of all people knows you don't release until it's ready. Yep. Whether it's Red Dead Redemption 2, which is a best selling game of the year winner, whether it's uh, GTA 5, which is like one of the best selling games of all time, if not the best selling at this point, I can't remember now. Um, and so on and so forth. They wait. They wait and make sure the game is good and they release it. And it works every time. Like, when was what was the last bad Rockstar title? Like, really? Just don't count the PC ports. Don't count the PC ports. <laughs> or, or, the, or the GTA trilogy. Or the uh, GTA yeah, trilogy, yeah. Yeah. Is that even Rockstar? I don't think that was Rockstar. They published it. They didn't develop that. There you go. But yeah, it had uh... their name. It had their name. <laughs> they had their name on it. It had their name. So... Please, just I, we understand the drive, the drive to know more. You know, we, we see it with games, we see it with consoles, but even when it's like a major source like Nikkei or Bloomberg or VGC, they don't know. No, they're, they're not hearing it from Nintendo. They're hearing it from other sources, and it's true that those sources could be right, but those sources could also be wrong. Remember, Nintendo Switch Pro was supposed to come out like what two years ago? Um, Something like that. Bloomberg had a major article on it, and it nothing came from it, and that's Bloomberg. <laughs> Like that's one of the major business things here in the U.S. So, just saying, not not everyone's right 100% of the time. Uh, all right, next up, 
uh, a fun little story about a game that we talked about because of the Partners Showcase, which is Epic Mickey. Yes, Epic Mickey Rebrushed is coming out this year for all, uh, basically all consoles and PC. And uh, Warren Spector, the original creator of it, uh, is, oh, sorry, he did work with the new people at, uh, what was it called, Purple Banana? <laughs> or something like that? Purple uh, Lamp. Purple Lamp, thank you. Uh, she, is she great? Uh, <laughs> I really thought it was Purple Banana. Like, that really sounded cool, too. I'm like, it's called Purple Banana. Um, Give it a year. We'll have a company called that. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah! <laughs> Don't, don't give me hope, Scott. Don't give me hope, <laughs> especially in this gaming landscape. But uh, no, Purple Lamp, thank you. And he did work with them to make sure that the, the remaster remake, however you want to call it, was up to snuff and everything. And he praised them heavily for this. But he also noted when asked on LinkedIn about the game, he said, I do have a third idea for a tie, like a high concept third idea for Epic Mickey. Here, let me look get up the uh, exact quote just so I can... Because you don't misquote Warren Spector. He said, I love to do Epic Mickey 3, but I have a day job. <laughs> that would make it that impossible. Uh, I actually have a high-level idea for what I do in a tri-cool. Don't worry, what I'm working on is pretty darn cool. And other side that the company's looking for is looking for to hire for that project and one, uh, one other we're working on, end quote. So... He does have an idea. He could do Epic Mickey 3. It's just not in the cards right now. Which is fine. Doing something else. Let him. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that's fine. Like, if it's not that he's moved on like many others are happy to do, which is fine. That's their right. But he's, he's working at with other side now. Um, this isn't uh, Junction Point, who was the original creators of Epic Mickey. Like, this isn't his team. That team is gone, and he's working with this one now. So, and. Let's be honest here. If Rebrush doesn't sell big numbers, there's no need for an Epic Mickey 3. And that's just the truth. But if it was to sell well, and there was interest for Epic Mickey 3, you never know. The plot exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I have I have the plot. I just need the team and the motivation. <laughs> and the money. Money is also important. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> especially in today's market so uh we don't have a release date for epic mickey rebrushed as of yet but it will be allegedly according to nintendo in the first six months of 2024 per what they said about their partner showcase ahead of time so we wish you well mr specter we know you really loved epic mickey this was one of his big passion projects and something he really wanted it to do well it did well enough no one likes to talk about the sequel for various reasons um just wasn't as good <laughs> Like they they went in the wrong direction for that one, but you never know. Maybe the third won't be the rebound. It could happen. Anything's possible. Anything <laughs> is possible. All right. Uh, okay. Now, sadly, we have to talk about um, easily one of the darker stories of this week. I'm being totally serious here. In the course of the last seven days, there was not one but two major companies that had massive layoffs, and we're talking about Sony and Electronic Arts. Combined, they had nearly 1,600 people laid off across various companies within their brands. And uh, that's not cool. No, it is not. It's pretty sad. Horrifying. And we've been rather adamant about uh, covering all of this for various reasons, not the least of which is that it's just hurtful to hear all these people losing their jobs. And 
there might there's going to be some people who say but you know like what were the real losses here well in sony some of the people that got laid off were from insomniac Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, the team that just had the fastest selling PS5 game in history with Marvel Spider-Man 2, which I would assume made a lot of profits, and yet apparently not enough to avoid the layoffs. And then Electronic Arts, who, as most people would agree, are like one of the devils of the gaming industry with how they treat games. Okay, are they worse than the Embracer Group or on par? Start to be on par. Yeah, I gotta be on par, because <laughs> the Embracer Group sucks, but EA laid the blueprint. Like, let's be honest here. Like, the Embrace the Group was like the last five years kind of thing. EA's been a lot longer. <laughs> yeah, but not only did they lay off, uh, I think it was 670 people, something like that, uh, but they canceled a whole bunch of games and basically confirmed that they're going to be focusing mainly on sports and live service titles, which is why they are the devil. Uh, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Womp womp. Yeah. Oh, but but Jess, I thought you only I lo- you love live service games. Oh, not sports. Okay, that's better. <laughs> yeah, and then anyone who's been playing the EA sports games recently knows that yeah, yeah, don't know quality. It's the same bloody thing every single year with no barely any improvements. We yeah. know. And now and now they're bringing, trying to figure out the college game and everyone. And then they found out that it's working on the Madden engine, and we're like, uh oh. <laughs> so, yeah, and then. Uh, and I know this is not worse than people getting laid off, but easily one of the worst things is that one of the games they canceled was the rumored Mandalorian game that Respawn was making. You know, mm. Respawn, the team behind Star Wars Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order, some of the best-selling Star Wars games in you know history, and you know big profits and all that. And yet that game got canceled because reasons. The truth is that they hate bounty hunter games. Okay. Seriously. Poor bounty hunters. Yeah, remember Star Wars 1313? No, you don't, because it was going to get created that EA bought the license and canceled it outright. And then they canceled this one, even though The Mandalorian is like the biggest thing in Star Wars right now, and it's getting a freaking movie. But no, let's not make a game about it, because that might actually make people happy. Let's make live service stuff instead. Can you tell tell I'm angry, Chess? Yes. I just want to make sure my emotions are coming off. It's like, oh, gods. But no, I, we here at the at the Nintendo Retain podcast want to send our condolences to everyone who lost a job recently across all these companies. And again, with the 5,400 that were lost in January, and then now these 1,600 basically, plus there were other layoffs before this, if you recall, um, that means there's already been 7,000 plus lost jobs in the gaming industry in 2024 alone. And we're just now in March. Yeah, it's like <laughs> some people basically like predicting, are we going to head into that? Uh, I, we discussed before, like, is the game industry going to head into another crash again with this kind of at the, at the rate we're going at? Like, is so with Sony, Microsoft, and everyone, like, yeah, the Western side of the gaming industry is just basically like with all these layoffs, like, yeah, it seems really. Uh, on like really uh, despairing, disparaging, yeah. if anything else, and yeah, we just wonder. And even our boss basically said so as well. Like this is like, and many people basically one obviously support any does support support any minor creators because those those creators will be our lifelines these days. Yeah. You know, I do remember in the begin towards the beginning of the podcast, you were you're like, 
oh, but we had so many hit releases already in the first two months. It's like, yeah, that's because they laid everyone off. They can't make any more games for the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and also, and I'll actually piggyback off that, Jess, which that was, that was a great comment right there. But uh, Tekken just introduced its first microtransactions. Like, no. Yes. no. Yes, a month after the the release which means that they made sure that the microtransactions weren't available to be judged in the reviews that the positive word of mouth would be spread and it's already sold two million copies making it the fastest tekken games uh fastest selling tekken game of all time and now they're dropping the microtransactions for costumes for costumes and harada himself said that the reason we're doing this is because to keep the servers up costs a lot of money and it's a lot more than what used to happen so you we need these microtransactions to stay alive because of the cost of game development and isn't that telling that a game that just sold two million copies in about a month is already struggling to stay up because of the high cost of game development and server main maintenance <sighs> It makes you wonder. Money, mm, money. I mean, then again, you kind of like if that's the case. Like, I mean, like for another example, like with, with Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I mean, with their DLC practices. I mean, we got a lot of meat costumes. I mean, obviously, the main main um DLC starter is obviously the season pass with the with the guest characters and all that. I mean, that's their main bread starter. So yeah. I wonder, if, if, like in in that same aspect, like. If Sakurai and Nintendo basically use that to help <laughs> help with Nintendo's online service, whatever it may be, or if it was allocated somewhere else, I wonder. Possible, but we also have to remember that Smash Brothers has sold like what thirty million. Something. Something. Yeah, Something. Yeah, it's yeah. a big number. It's a big, yeah, yeah. A big number. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it is literally the best-selling fighting game of all time, and so that probably helped just a little bit. Plus the DLC, plus the B costumes, so. It is a vicious cycle, and I know that some of you probably are out there thinking, okay, here it comes. He's going to bash Phil Spencer again. Well, okay, I'm going to give Phil a pass this week, just this week. He hasn't done anything to upset me this week. But no, the real thing is that you're probably thinking, oh, we're going to praise Nintendo for their business practices and how they're not laying people off. And there was a post by a insider that I do trust, Stealth, where he goes, you know, Nintendo is the blueprint. Like, they are proof that you don't need to lay people off. And then he took the tweet down because someone reminded him that in Japan, it's actually illegal to do mass layoffs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, according to a video he watched, which he praised, by the way, he goes, uh, I'm sorry, I gotta bring it up. Don't want to misquote. Uh, here you go. Laws protect against it. You can't do it because you aren't growing as much as you want. They are a last resort for companies in dire financial shape when everything has been tried. So... That could beg the question, you know, do we need this in our country? With, um... <laughs> it, yeah, like, it, it, my, my takes on it is, like, one, that's one thing I, I feel why the Japan markets has always been fairly again, successful as well, Very, if not very employee-friendly, because, again, as you know, Japan, for employees, they want security, and, again, job security is definitely always everything for them. So in this aspect, in game industry, like, you want to keep as much people as you can to help you make these games, make quality titles and all that. And, like, if you want to, if you fire somebody, like, again, what, as Iwata said, as Nintendo said, like, if you fire somebody, it's going to drop morale and then lower the quality. Like either Iwata or Sakurai, one one of these people people said it, and like if you if you lose these like talented people, they're gonna make game, probably uh, like 
games like quality games for elsewhere and not for you so that's also another uh, like another side there so like that that's the thing about the japanese market they are very conservative and they do want to like keep as much as they can and that that's kind of like a bit of a comparison between east and west like west they want to make money probably in the short term real quickly while then in, in, in the eastern markets it is just fairly that conservative that you want they want to keep as much like while it, it doesn't help them perfect as much as they want it to be like in the end they are still trying to keep keep the employees happy yeah so yes and, and i know some people might be saying wait a minute sony's a japanese company though yes that's true but the layoffs hit their global brand where the laws do not apply like for example they shut down playstation studios london yes yep. entirely yes. shuttering it and then they you know cut off you know, some of their uh, employee numbers in other parts of the world. So I'm guessing not Japan. So Nintendo right now, I mean, they have Nintendo of Europe and America, but you never hear about layoffs there. And that's why, again, going back to Lady Lada, he cut his salary to ensure that he didn't have to lay off any employees. So it's a vicious cycle, but Nintendo is good. But as our boss Keith said in our Discord, you know, they don't take as much risks, if you will, that Microsoft and Sony and EA do. They too, mm -hmm, take them mm -hmm. at times. I can think of like, oh, I don't know, uh, the Virtual Boy <laughs> and uh, the e-reader. Remember that? Uh, uh, yeah, not, very well. not very well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool, but I never could get it. And it was like, you know, I had to have like those mini cards. Those he had the cards and Game Boy yeah, Advance yeah. and the readers. Yeah. yeah. And the readers, yeah. Uh, and then even the Wii when it's own where it was its own kind of experiment and that didn't work. And, you know, they do try occasionally, but they are also so comfortable with what they do that they know they can, you know, reiterate, advance where they can, take those big leaps when necessary, and people will keep their interest. The Switch is proof of that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're not, they are a good, let's say it like this, they're a good role model, but they're not the perfect business model. Because right, not, right, not right, everyone right. can do what they do. Remember, this is a, what was like, 40-year-old company now? Let's yes. see, 80, that'd be 84. Four, so let's just say like 40-ish years in the gaming industry. That's a lot of time to build yourself up. Yes. Sony was the 90s, like late 90s, uh, mid-90s. And uh, Xbox was early 2000s. And so yep. they, they're still growing. And they're arguably growing in the worst time because of the rising gaming costs and development costs, which is partially their problem. Let's be honest with this. You know, like they're throwing all sorts of money to try to get these games to work. And then they're mad when they don't stick. Like, you're you're not making the quality. You're just trying to make big games. There's a difference. Just ask Square Enix. <laughs> I meant that in a positive way, by the way. <laughs> Rebirth, I'm sure, is I'm told is amazing, and not just because of Tifa. So you yes. know, at least of so far where I'm at, which is like chapter two. <laughs> so see? <laughs> see, you're you're already ahead of me, Jess and Will. Congrats! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to uh, more positive news, well, at least potentially more positive news, and that's that my least favorite insider, Zippo, hate that guy. Uh, he has unveiled a new report stating that there are more Mario titles coming in 2024. That's right, more. <laughs> but Todd, what 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 kind of Mario games are we gonna get in 2024 outside the ones we know? I don't know. He didn't say. Clearly, it's going to be we're getting all the sports games again. <laughs> yes, I, that, I, I was actually what I was going to say because we know we're not going to get the next 2D title because they just dropped Wonder. Yeah, we're not going to get the 3D title because I would bet any amount of money that's a Switch 2 launch title. All right, like the sequel to Odyssey, yeah. and 
So we're not getting Kart, because they're not going to drop that on the Switch with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe still making serious bank. Um, oh, there's a question. Hey, hey, Jess, are you a Mario Kart 8 Deluxer? Mm, I only played the old versions. Oh. <laughs> we'll get we'll get it win eventually, Jess. We'll get it win eventually. Um, but I mean, hey, it's the best-selling game on the system, so they're clearly doing something right with that. But I'd say like, year one of Switch 2, we're going to get Mario Kart 9. That's my bet. Um, I'll put that on the draft for next year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, remember, 8 came out on the Wii U, so they've been milking 8 and 8 Deluxe forever. <laughs> like, I guess yeah, the... they have really milked it. Mario Party, the new Mario Party didn't come out too long ago either, right? Right. It's been... yep. so, so that's the that's the bet, is that it's either going to be a sports title or Mario Party. So in, in the Switch era, we had Mario Tennis Aces, we had uh, Strikers Battle League. We had Golf Super Rush. So that leaves baseball. I could see it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, was like, let's see, a Mario All-Stars home run or something like that. Uh, and then, or Mario Party. Mario Party Superstars. And then they did, I think that was the anniversary one. Um, I can't remember what it was called. But they, uh, so Mario Party could be a safe bet especially since if you really think about it that's not a game that needs a lot of development nah it needs to be it just needs to be about the boards the gameplay flow and the mini games so that would be easy enough to develop so actually since just brought it up let me look up when was the last mario party title uh super okay super mario party that was it super mario party was in 2018 and then mario party superstars which was the collection was it 2021? So that would have been okay. three years. Because mm. I did remember a new title, and I was like, it must have been in the past three years. Yeah. So, yeah mm. Superstars was the collection of like the, the best ones, and that was in 2021. Then the newest one, like the actual new game, was Super Mario Party, which was in 2018. So that's three years each time. So I guess we are due for a Mario Party title. Mm. Yep. But again, Zippo has been incredibly unreliable, and I can prove that because he thought we would have a regular Nintendo Direct this month. <laughs> set of the partner <laughs> yeah set of a partner showcase so screw you zippo uh but we shall see and honestly if we were to get another mario title on top of mario versus donkey kong princess peach showtime luigi's mansion hd 2 hd and then uh paper mario thousand year door remake i wouldn't be surprised the year of mario <laughs> again i mean they warned us it was coming i guess we just didn't take it seriously enough so. Maybe it's because of the movie doing really well. So now yes. people are like, so now even normies are like, oh yeah, we remember Mario exists. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we know this character. Yeah, Nintendo <laughs> Nintendo straight up said that, Jess. They literally said, like, we're trying to bank off of what happened with the success of the movie. Because even they were surprised by that one. You know, <laughs> $1.3 billion will, you know, get people to play your games. And they even said that they had surges in their Mario titles selling <laughs> once the movie came out. Because everyone was talking about Mario. So... You know, bank, bank, bank off what's working, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> All right. And now let's talk about something that Nintendo is trying to bank off of in a different way. Because Nintendo is suing the emulator, the Switch emulator service, Yuzu. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, don't really, they really don't like emulators. They yeah. really don't like emulators that they don't make. No. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, for those confused, uh, Nintendo has always been, let's call it adamant, yeah. about, uh, adamant about 
getting rid of anything that could be considered pirated material, which is fair. Let's be honest. It's fair. But yeah. they have gone sometimes to extreme links, like canceling <clears throat> fan projects, even though they made it clear that they weren't trying to make profit off of it. Uh, or they were, or, or emulators like this one. And as our boss noted, technically Yuzu isn't doing something wrong. They are making the item and other people are using it for, uh, you know, pirating. So who do you really blame here? The person who made the tool or the person who uses the tool? No. Right, yeah. right. I, I can't say that it's Yuzu's fault because especially when you go to like on their website, they don't actually direct you to any ROMs. They don't yeah. direct you to any of like yeah. ways to use BIOS because for those who know how to use Yuzu, you actually have to get either, well, I guess you get downloaded, but you have to get your own Switch BIOS to mm. be able to make Yuzu work. So if you don't have a legitimate Switch BIOS, it's not going to run. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they're knowing the internet there's always other people's bios out there if case you know it's the internet yeah as everything yeah. but that yuzu's thing is very big on making sure everything is legitimate at least on their side they're very top board yeah so it's a curious thing and nintendo has gone after emulates before with mixed success so yeah. it's gonna be curious to see what happens here but you know nintendo's gonna nintendo <laughs> yeah like okay like is again with that whole meme image okay like we're, we're not we don't like you make it making the two for emulating our games okay then release them officially then no we're not gonna do that either <laughs> hey nintendo where's our mother three mm -hmm. <laughs> in japan it? yeah in japan <laughs> also i kid you not they just dropped some earthbound icons for nintendo switch online yep, like, yep, yep. come on now like, now they're really just yeah, Get pouring salt in the wound. They they, <laughs> they know they're screwing with us, and they're enjoying it. They're like, "Oh, you want Mother Three? Well, here's some Earthbound icons for Nintendo Switch Online." But we hate Nintendo <laughs> Switch Online, exactly. <laughs> mm. They're so mean to us, Jess. We just want Mother Three localized. Localized, gotta say it correctly. <laughs> if you live in Japan, maybe one day it'll come. I, I feel doubt like it. there's something about like. People have been reviving all these small franchises still, though. Like, I don't know. I was thinking about, like, mm. Soul Hackers, for example. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I know that's a different company, but I was like, sometimes <laughs> people just, like, bring back random games from the past. True, true. If they decide that they, they have a future for it. I mean, yes, Atlas do want to bring, bring back Soul Hackers and all that. But with Nintendo, I mean, that's a different story. Again, we're waiting for F-Zero for like nearly two decades now, it feels like. And then or, we get F-Zero 99. <laughs> yes. More salt in the wound. <laughs> now I'm thinking back to when's the last time Nintendo did bring it back series that we thought was dead? Okay, let's think about this. Um... Well, Pikmin was dead for like, what was it, seven years? Because Pikmin 4 was always about to release. So <laughs> you could say that. Uh, I don't think Kingdom Hearts counts, even though, because no. it was, because it was. No, like... no, no, they're still living, even though it had a, a, literally a decade's uh, development cycle ever. <laughs> yeah, that's, on, that's on Nintendo. That's, that's Square Enix. Yeah, because I was like, eh. and um, I was like, oh, well. <laughs> I'll see. Not Star Fox, because that had, that had a game on the Wii U, and then it, you know, it was bad. Um, Metroid for a while, but oh yeah, yeah. Then then they then they did Dread, which was awesome, and then they did and then Metroid Prime Four was like out there. It's out there, Jess. 
Somewhere. Okay, so maybe Metroid. <laughs> Metroid, Metroid probably Which... the best. Their last game was on the Wii because we don't call, we don't count Federation Force now, do we, gentlemen? Mm, no, no. So yeah, Metroid was one. Uh, ooh, Luigi's Mansion. I mean, that was Luigi's Mansion 3, because that was 3DS to Switch, which was like, what, seven, eight years? Something like that? Something like that. So that was, that was a long one. Um, still waiting on Golden Sun. Not, that, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, then again, they had the 3DS title, so, you know, take it as you will. Um, I mean, F-099, if you really want to split hairs, I guess. But, no, they, they... Huh. Yeah, it's been a while since they brought back a truly... Ooh, Kid Icarus! Oh right, that's I probably think, the closest. That's yeah. probably the closest because they did I Uprising think, on 3DS. I think they did that because Pit was so popular in Brawl. Yes, and Sakurai yes. mm -hmm. really wanted to do him, and he's made it clear on his YouTube <laughs> channel that we all love here um, that he really wants to go back to Kid Icarus. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, you know what? I remember when they actually brought Fire Emblem to the West finally after it became a hit because of Melee. Yeah. Yeah, Fire Emblem was, and then of course Fire Emblem almost died, and then they did Awakening, and it's been you know the waifu simulator ever since. <laughs> okay, Where's I the guess lie? it's like it, so it could happen, but it's unlikely. Well, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a shooting star. It's a it's a shooting star. Like it it can maybe happen maybe once in a blue moon, and I don't know. Maybe they know that there is a lesson that we want for so literally it feels like a lifetime. And it, yeah, Nintendo is Jeff definitely. Maybe they will give us a throw. Again, every dog has its day, but with Nintendo, it's probably once in one blue moon or two blue moons. So I'll put it like this: Nintendo knows, as as we outlined in the the layoff section, they know that they what they have works. They know that they can get Mario to sell. They can get Zelda to sell. Smash Brothers, Mario Kart. Um, they now know that Pikmin will sell if they put the right backing behind it. Um, you know, it's already the best-selling game of its franchise. Um, Donkey Kong can sell, but they also haven't brought out a new game since Tropical Freeze, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and then you have someone like uh, Princess Peach. Peach has had one solo game in her history, and that was on the DS. And now we're about to get Princess Peach Showtime. So if that game sells well, we're probably going to get another Princess Peach title. But, Peach series. Uh, uh, why not? She <laughs> deserves it, especially after the movie, because more people are, you know, care about Peach because of Annie Taylor Joy. So yeah, you know, it's possible. But it's just about for them, you know, can they make the game that will sell enough to make them want to make it again? Like with Star Fox, people love the Star Fox franchise, but after what happened with Zero, everyone's like, can they even make a good Star Fox game anymore? And probably Nintendo heard them like, maybe we don't know. <laughs> And then even with Metroid, with the trilogy they did, you know, they did the Prime Trilogy, it was awesome. Then they did uh, Other M, which was not. Um, but that was also partially Team Ninja's fault. And then they did Federation Force, which we don't like to talk about. And then they found this team called Mercury Steam, and the world changed. So, <laughs> And then they did Metroid Prime 4, which we're still bitter about. Um, where is it, Nintendo? Where is it? It's in the vault. It's in the void. The worst is in the void. It's it's Metroid Four and Mother Three. They're just there, mocking us, Scott. They're we can't mocking. grasp it. We maybe can't. maybe they're there with the Switch port for Genshin Impact. <laughs> or, or, no, or or Scott the Switch port for Xenoblade Chronicles X. Uh, I miss that. <laughs> I know we all, we both want that, brother. We both want that. Uh, oh, Jess, Xenoblade Chronicles. You ever play? I have. I reviewed three. Oh, nice. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. And. 
Oh, I mean, I only played the first and the, uh, and the third. No, 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 but did you like three? Oh, I really did. I yes! remember I liked it so much that um, I remember if it was just the story, I'd give it a 10. But then I was like, yeah, I was talking with my editor and we were like, yeah, I suppose the gameplay can use some work. <laughs> hmm. well, that's interesting. I also thought that was the best of the trilogy in terms of gameplay. But it's still like I hated that, you know, the, the bosses were sometimes in the millions with their health. And you're just they like, they had some big sponges. They did. Like they, you sometimes just like whittling away. I'm like, am I ever going to end this boss fight so but yeah i'm totally with you on the story i legit said it was probably the most beautiful video game story ever for me and i played the last of us later and i still prefer xenoblade chronicles 3 take that naughty dog yeah it was very cinematic and well paced i loved it, it was, mm -hmm. i cried I, I cried during that that key chapter where a certain someone died you know, understandable. I, I cried. Yeah. I'm like, they can't do this. And I won't spoil what happened, but like that brought me to tears. And then when they got nominated for game of the year, I knew it wasn't going to win, but I was so happy because I'm like, someone appreciates this game. Like I do. You gosh dang right. Mm, I, uh, I, I remember wishing that it had gotten into the best narrative. Ooh, it I was surprised. Yeah, it yeah, should have. Yeah, 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 but hey, yeah. at least we got Epic Flute Guy. Yes. Just saying. <laughs> so, and, and because Jess, you have praise you know by chronicles 3 you are welcome back on our podcast anytime uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right uh very quickly to the final topics uh sega in their financial report revealed that sonic super uh, sonic superstars did not sell well and they or sorry it did not meet their expectations i should say it correctly did not meet their expectations and they feel super mario brothers wonder was the cause duh yeah dang. sorry yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, they said that there's like, we, we think they, they didn't specifically say Mario Wonder, but they said that other games of a similar genre released around that same time <laughs> and that it probably affected the sales, to which I say again, duh! Yeah, dang. It's like, look, obviously, with game game releases, you gotta go into competition once in a while. Or if you, if your license game itself can stand on its own two feet that it doesn't care about the competition yeah i mean like sonic frontiers like yeah that thing was his own game and it did pretty darn solid but yeah when you face up against again you want to raise up against that old rivalry or something mario versus sonic and again so again mario wonder versus sonic sonic superstars which one's better uh, you want the casual <laughs> or do you want the hardcore <laughs> And apparently the casual came out in force with Mario Wonder and with the hardcore. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I think we talked about this like a week or two ago because it was clear that Sonic hadn't done as well as Wonder. And I'm like, the release date matters. It matters. Yes, it, it, matters yes, it does. It, it matters if you're Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft. Hate you, Phil Spencer. And no, I'm kidding. I don't hate him. Just, just like, <laughs> I, just like, I just like the dude. Uh, but it matters. And if you're in a month that's crowded with games, even if it's not in the same genre, it's going to hurt you. Like a great example for a non-Nintendo title was uh, Immortals of uh, Avernum. Avernum? Yeah. Immortals uh, yeah, of yeah, Avernum. Yeah, yeah. Like, anyone who's like the team noted that a few months after the game's launch, which was not successful at all, they were having resurgence because it was on sale and people were trying and they're like, you know, hey, this is actually a pretty good game. Their problem was that they released it in a month that had multiple titles coming out, not the least of which were Starfield and Baldur's Gate. And of the two games, one of them was actually good, Baldur's Gate. And <laughs> gotta sell Starfield when I can. But, uh, but even then, like that's two hyped titles, and then this other one that is there, and that hurt them. So imagine if they had, you know, pushed it either a month before or after, where there wasn't as much competition, 
And then they're like, hey, this is something new and fresh. Maybe you should try it. And maybe they would have. So release dates matter. And if they released it, I swear, if they released it in December before Christmas, I bet you they would have done a lot better. Because like, hey, there's a new Sonic game. I can get that for Christmas. It's perfect symmetry right there. Yep. Yeah. Learn from your mistakes, Sega. And hey, remember, they said a few months ago. Uh, no, sorry. Well, yeah, it was a few months ago. But they, they said around the launch time that they wanted Sega or Sonic to be as big as Mario and beat them. I'm like, ah. That that aged so well. <laughs> it's good to be ambitious, but uh, don't count your chickens for they're hatched. <laughs> yeah. or, or or in this case, don't don't count your rings before <laughs> to the spikes. Um, all right, next up, this one will make me will happy. Uh, the creator or one of the people behind Bravely Default is teasing a new game in the series. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he basically said that he's working on some things right now, but in the near future, they're going to reveal the, the future plans for the series. So, Bravely Default 3? I mean, that seems yeah. to be the case. If, if not another spinoff, what, like, they have Bravely before they move on to a main entry. You never know. So, maybe maybe that's the Switch game we'll get in 2024. Who knows anymore? I liked Bravely Default 2. I mean, I didn't beat it, but I liked it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it. It lost me after a certain point, but it happens. It, ha it happens. Absolutely does. Um, finally, this is the weirder story to end uh, our news section. Donkey Kong. No, it's not getting a new game yet. Yet. I still believe. I want to believe. There's still hope. There is still hope. <laughs> but apparently in Tropical Freeze, one of the uh, concept artists or designers behind it noted that one of the early ideas was instead of doing uh, the, what was it, the Frost Knots or something like that, uh, they were going to have aliens. <laughs> <laughs> like, they had legit alien concept art designs to think about, you know, they were going to have, like, an alien invasion. And here's how it was going to work out. Remember in Donkey Kong Country Returns when he punched the moon? And he knocked it onto the island and then it backed back up? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were going to be aliens on the moon. <laughs> and they were mad at Donkey Kong for knocking it out of the sky? <laughs> to which I say, Continuity! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> although, well, although weirdly, they call the aliens Martians, even though they wouldn't be Martians; they'd be Moon aliens. But I digress. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah they, they, the Martians were there on vacation. You, yes, <laughs> the Moon is prime primo real estate for vacation. Okay, my buddy Buzz Aldrin told me that. All right, like he said, he said when you go there, it's like you're the only person there. <laughs> also apparently there's a lot of cheese on the moon but you know he wouldn't tell me what kind um oh buzz you <laughs> never forget that canonically and supernatural he sold his soul to crowley for uh to to get to the moon that happened <laughs> he sold his soul. he sold his soul in, to get to the moon in supernatural i love that he's and, and crowley went did you really think that a guy named buzz could ever get to the moon without help like <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first lie. Um, so that was like a very early idea. But do you recall that Breath of the Wild almost had aliens? Remember that? Right, the UFOs. <laughs> Again, that hence the DLC for uh, yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yes. Yeah. So we almost got aliens in two different Nintendo games. It's only a matter of time. And yes, I know that Metroid is full of aliens, but this is different. All right, that's a sci. <laughs> that's a sci-fi series. Based in a galaxy not near Earth. This is act like Earth-ish, full of aliens. Like, okay. So, actually, has Mario met aliens? Well, yeah, he's met, he's met Rosalina, 
Rosalina's not human. Then that counts. Yeah, that counts. That counts. I mean, let's be honest. The rabbits are clearly aliens. So he needs to the rabbits. So, I mean. They're no, certainly not Earth creatures. That's definitely sure. not. I mean, even by our standards, they're too annoying to be Earthlings. <laughs> All right. Let's head to our main event because we're going to dive back into Pokemon ZA. And the main question here is what can this game do to better its not, I'm going to say better itself in the generalization, like, you know, evolve? How can it evolve from what Legends Arceus did and learn from the mistakes of Scarlet and Violet? And we're going to break all this down in an intense discussion. Yes, Jess, I want you to go first here. What, okay. What do you want to see improved from Arceus to ZA? Well, I feel like a, even when I was playing Scarlet and Violet, there was something about the the leveling like it that made it seem like not completely open world because it made it seem like you need to go in a certain order. I'm not sure if it'll be the same way where it's like in Arceus. I remember it was like a certain order, so it was less weird like that. Yeah. Because it made you it made you go in a certain order, so it didn't feel like they didn't just say, Oh yeah, it's open world, you can go wherever you want and then you run into a level fifty creature and just pass out. I'm not sure <laughs> what they're gonna do for ZA if they're going to have a more streamlined um approach that Arceus did, or if they're gonna try and scale the levels like they did in um because like in Scarlet and Violet they didn't scale the levels, but I wonder what would happen if they did. Like for example, if you were like level 20 maybe the level five characters in the old place that you were were around that level two so they scale up with you not sure if that like affects game systems or something like that yeah i had that same problem and i noted that with one of our co-hosts in another episode because it's like i would i did this whole one section and i'm like oh this is awesome and now i get to go to the other section and there's like level five creatures waiting for my level 40 pokemon I'm like that's a problem <laughs> Honestly, I kind of prefer running into the higher level ones and just accident and challenging myself or just dying versus going and crushing the level five monsters that I didn't know were there before. Yeah, I, I, I got that. Yeah. So yeah, definitely level balancing is better. They, I feel that like they did that better in the DLC, but they also had the problem of sometimes you ran into like way overpowered ones and it's like, I'm not that high yet. <laughs> I had that with like multiple trainers. I'm like, how are you guys so tough? That's not fair. So what, aside from leveling, what else do, would you like to see? We could be story, gameplay, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Well, I know there's the graphics thing that we'll see if that's like, you know, if it was the Switch 2, then there might be some um, increase in quality. But besides that, I felt like RCS itself did pretty well with the world building. So I hope it's at least as good as RCS. Otherwise, I'll be disappointed. <laughs> um, like a... I felt like all of it kind of tied together with telling a story that like that Nintendo already even mentioned in the past about Sinnoh, like in lore from the past games and movies. So I was like, well, if they do something similar with here with Lumio City lore, that'd be cool. I'm excited to find those Easter eggs. Um, so that's one other thing I'm looking forward to, like this, like what kind of legend you're building off of and if it's as well integrated as the one in the first game. Yeah, totally with you there. All right, uh, I'll go last because I, I have thoughts 
I have thoughts. So Scott, that surprises me. No. I know. I'm the host. I'm entitled to have thoughts. Um, Scott, how about you? What are your hopes for ZX? So I absolutely agree with wanting the dynamic leveling. That was one of the things that I was hoping that we would see a little bit more in Scarlet and Violet. But also, uh, I do think that I appreciate having kind of the order of Arceus because you only you had to unlock certain areas by catching so many Pokemon and getting so far into the story. Um, whereas with Scarlet and Violet, you could literally go kind of everywhere depending on your moves and how many um, movement you unlocked based on the the beast that you defeated to get like the special herb. And I do wonder if they're going to incorporate that. I still I want to have more movement options. I want to see how much more movement they can have in a Pokemon game. But I don't. I guess that would be kind of difficult with being it all in one city. Well, that again, is. <laughs> assume, assume it's not going to be in the, the city. Like remember, they. I think they really just showed Lumios city to highlight that this is where we're going to be we're going to be at kalos something yeah. it, it's the focus the, the the starting point the origin point is definitely going to be lumios but i highly doubt that everything is going to be involved there because <laughs> not every you're not going to catch all the pokemon in lumios no so. unless there's like simulators and stuff but <laughs> i mean that would be cool i mean Matrix. i don't know if we're going to do i mean yeah we do see a little like futuristic with the sketches but based on its the legends ip i do think it might still probably be in the past but at the same time they could do like a scarlet and a violet and have it as both in the past and in the future at the same time kind of a thing you never know it's it, it's possible that it could do something like that i think i would like it that way just because of all the people who are basically doing bets that it's going to be in the past or doing in the future and then having them all win because it's both <laughs> everybody wins <laughs> and everyone being upset because they were also wrong at the same time no, just... <laughs> But I do want it to have a little more polish. Yeah. A lot of the, I mean, Legends Arceus wasn't bad with its polish, not nearly on the level of Scarlet and Violet. But if you were like far enough away, the Pokemon that you could see were absolutely having problems. Yeah, yeah. Just basically like still, yeah, still frames here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you'd have them at like two to like 15 to 20 frames per second, basically. And you it could see bad. it differently as opposed to where you are in the front foreground. But I do think Scarlet and Violet had the worst of it, though, with the freaking windmills they had. Oh, and it was the at like five, five frames a second. You're just like, huh. <laughs> they had no excuse. Like, like the Pokemon you could get away with because like those are sometimes complex animations. A, a windmill goes 360 <laughs> in, at one speed, no less. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I really hope it's more polished. Yeah. Um, I do, I do wonder what like the Dex is going to be there because I know with like Arceus, the Dex was mostly like Diamond Pearl, but we also had a lot of kind of different Pokemon from other generations there, but like different, um, like Hisuian styles. Yeah, the Hisui variants. Yeah. And, so... <laughs> and, and there was the extinct Pokemon. Yes, then we had like the paradox. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot of things that you can add with that, which I'm really excited to see what more they can do. I think that my favorite thing about Pokemon is always seeing like the new designs and seeing how they incorporate into the world and how they like do the storytelling of the world building with those Pokemon. And so I really hope to see more of that. And I do wonder if we're gonna get like. A lot of construction Pokemon based on helping like the redevelopment of the city. Never know. 
Maybe we'll get Johto and black and white Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> For the cheeses of Unova. Like, seriously, there have been so many rumors and reports about Unova for, like, the last two years. And we're like, oh, we're going to get a brand. Like, everyone thought it was going to be the black and white remakes or Legends Unova. Like, like Legends Kiram or something like that. And yep. then, then we get Kalos instead. I'm like, that was a, that was a great fate. <laughs> that was a great fate. That was very clever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Will, how about you? I mean, if anything else, I I pretty much like just label the basic arguments as like one, obviously have a game that actually runs good, <laughs> just like like easier, like at least do some quality control because again, the fact that Scarlet Violet released it the, the way that it did is like it's just like yeah, that's a I, I was uh, say that was a crime. That was a crime. If, if anything else, um, it, of course, naturally, regards like story wise, in regard like. I haven't unfortunately played um, the games itself, unfortunately. But if anything else, it's like just keep it like in in line with what what if they played in the original game, as well as just um, just just keep it as it is. Like have some variations, expand upon it, like expand part of things that wasn't explained from the original game, and just like I don't know, just um, complement to it. I mean, I would probably even say like like do like a persona 3 reload thing and just like yeah fill in the blanks up like give it a more character to give more backstory to the characters that wasn't able to be um fleshed out from before like that and of course naturally like yeah the pokemon itself like have more involvement like give it like some character into it again I i'm not the pokemon guy but i just like just have them like really like do something good like with like rcs again really interpret like integrate that story yeah well as the pokemon guy i have thoughts here's my chart <laughs> okay uh the first thing like okay i'll, I'll start with the, the obvious yes we need a graphical upgrade uh, i liked the graphics of of Arceus overall. This was actually one of the rare times I highly disagreed with G4 when they did the review. They gave it a 3 out of 5. I'm like, come on! It's easily a 4 on gameplay alone. But uh, there were times when you look at like the textures and it's just like, it felt like PS1 graphics. Like, I remember when you met like one of the ride Pokemon. I can't remember its <laughs> name, but like, it, it was just standing on this mountain hill or whatever and I, I looking at the graphics of the hill and it just looks terrible i'm like you guys could have done better on that so whether it's on the switch 2 or the switch which we know again could do great graphics um as the chronicles 3 proved many times over uh we we definitely need a higher quality of graphics which i think scarlet and violet did um but that, that's the other thing is that we, it needs to have its own graphical style because we were in the Hisui region and not Sinnoh, they went a little more like artsy, like like watercolors, like a paintbrushing and everything. Like that was the feel of Arceus at the time. So if even if we're doing a past Lumio City or a future build of Lumio City, it needs to have its own visual style all its own to differentiate itself from the main other mainline games. So that's the first thing. The second thing is that it absolutely needs gameplay hooks all its own. The reason that uh, Legends Arceus worked was because it was set in a past well before we had the modern advances of certain Pokemon uh, games. So, like the Pokeballs, like remember they were all on timers. Remember that? And you know they had they were like made of wood, <laughs> okay, or or it was wooden wooden berries like you know like like Johto did, and so they they had the very old school feel, and you could just throw the balls to catch them. It was never about 
never just about battling them to weaken them. And I love that. I can't tell you how much I love that. Just like sneaking up stealth style, <laughs> throwing the ball and then catching the Pokemon. We can keep that, but have your own twist to it. I like the idea of the combat styles, strong style versus, you know, speed style or whatever it was called. Um, you know, definitely do that, but have its own spin. Like what can you do to make it feel like unique to the Kalos region? So, you know, the important thing here, and this is something that, I would like to think the Pokemon company has done from generation to generation is take what you have and then build it up. You know, like I, I, I wrote a piece for a different website saying the best, the, the strength of the Pokemon franchise is evolution. Everything grows. Everything gets more refined. It gets, you know, twisted and, and turned to a different direction. So it's not always the same thing. And for all its faults, Scarlet and Violet totally did that. It took the semi-open world and made it open world. And we all loved it. It was just buggy as heck. So... <laughs> They need to take what they did with Arceus and with Scarlet and Violet and DLC to a lesser extent and build off that to make this version of Kalos like the best thing ever. Especially since some people don't have the best memories of X and Y because of the lesser Pokedex. Because there was only like 60 new Pokemon in that region. And the story, which kind of fizzled out at the end. And the very clear obviousness that there was going to be a Pokemon Z and then we didn't get it. <laughs> Like after, I kid you not, after Cal, uh, ZA was announced on Twitter, a lot of people were posting like screenshots of, Z, of X and Y and going, hey, maybe we'll get an answer to this place now. Because there's like a building that they made that we could never go into. And they're like, oh, we're going to get that in Z. And then we didn't. And <laughs> everything else. The biggest thing, though, and I, I absolutely have to harp on this, is that you have to make Zygarde feel as important as Arceus. Yeah. In, in the, the build up to Arceus, they did not show Arceus at all. Which was awesome, because then when we found out, spoiler alert, that Arceus is the entire reason we're playing the game, because he summoned us from the future reasons uh, to to finish doing the Pokedex so that he, we could eventually capture it. That was awesome. We had a legendary Pokemon <laughs> telling us to do something. That, oh was, that was totally fresh. And, you know, the whole goal was, hey, we're doing this to get to Arceus. You know, he's watching. He Arceus is watching. He's always <laughs> watching. That's why he's God. Remember, Arceus is technically the God of the Pokemon universe. Multiverse, even. Um, yep. But Zygarde is obviously totally different Pokemon. As I explained before, he's like the Cell Pokemon, and much like the anime, they need to build him up to this threat. Does that mean we get to face the Kaiju that they, that Ash and Diantha did in the anime? I would hope so. But make that story, whatever it involves with Zygarde, it needs to be as important as Arceus. Because Arceus had certain benefits to it. It had the movie where we got to see him. It had kind of the mystique that he was never in the games, but he was like the, one of the most powerful Pokemon ever. He was the creator of Palkia, Dialga, and Giratina, which were all favorites, especially Giratina, and so on and so forth. Zygarde had only had the anime. Zygarde was you know, kind of like the, why didn't we learn more about this Pokemon? Why didn't he's in the game? But why was the anime the only one to really delve into this? And the anime that anime XYZ has been gone for a while, so that's not fresh in everyone's minds. So they need to make this story, whatever it is, not just different from Arceus, because obviously Zygarde's not going to summon us from the future. That would be weird, because <laughs> I, I, I know I know it definitely does not have that kind of godly power. But it is a kaiju, and maybe the end story is you building yourself up to fight the kaiju. Uh, Zygarde before it attacks Lumio City. That would be awesome and terrifying. But awesome. Kaiju Wars. Kaiju Wars. <laughs> like, seriously, watch that episode of, you know, fully 100% Zygarde going up against, like, an army of Pokemon, Ash, Greninja, and Diantha. It's awesome. 
all right? <laughs> so, like, Zygarde should be, in, in many ways, Zygarde should be the opposite of Arceus. He's not the thing you you verify. He's not the deity that you're, you're wanting to get. It's the monster you want to stop, and then you catch it to make sure it doesn't go on a rampage again. You know, kind of like uh, uh, Eternatus at the end of, uh, of uh, Sword and Shield, you know? That, was, that, that thing was trying to basically destroy the world, and that we had to stop. We had to catch it to stop it. So it could be kind of a similar thing here. So there, there's a lot of. I, I really did love Arceus. I loved Arceus more than I loved Scarlet and Violet. And yes. Like by by a really good degree. And I gave. I still like Scarlet and Violet, but it had its flaws. But Arceus, I felt, tried to be so special in a way that actually worked. That it needs to do that again with Zygarde's game. Regardless of how you handle, you know, the past or future of Kalos and Lumia City, the characters, like Will said, we need to have good characters to build up the world, the world building. I think Scott said that, and uh, you know, so on and so forth. You need to have all these elements work together because, let's be honest here, they they kind of got a little lucky with Arceus because we were so interested in having a game about Arceus that we wanted to try it out. But now we got to see. If, but now after what happened with Scarlet and Violet, people are going to be wary. Are they going to just, you know? half-ack it before and have a bug-filled release with like lesser textures and everything or are they actually going to push it especially if it's on the switch 2 which right now being honest i'd be stunned if it did release before the switch 2 but you never know remember rc is released in january so they could yep. they could this could be a january release you never know so january 25 but they have they have the potential like that's the best part about this. They have the blueprint. It's called Arceus, right? <laughs> and if they can build off of it, and they treat it like they did, like the original generations, I'll be generous, Gen One through Gen Seven, and they just you know build it up, say, okay, let's do this better, let's do this better, make this story different, make this feel different, make Lumio City feel better than Jubilee Village, like so on and so forth. They're gonna have another incredible game, and then people will forgive them for what we got with Scarlet and Violet. One would hope. <laughs> One would hope. Yeah, that's the only thing I just hope for. Like, if they're going to do another Scarlet and Violet situation again with this Pokemon game, like, yeah. Again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, wow. Yeah. Fool me twice, we're just going to riot. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's be honest. And you can say, well, wait a minute, was it Scarlet and Violet like the best-selling Pokemon games ever? Well, in the, in the short term, yes. But then we actually like learned about the bugs and we're like, you know, this isn't cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> as Jess said, there were entire meme threads about all the bugs and glitches that they could do. And I loved looking up those things because there were a lot. <laughs> so, and even now, like in 20, I haven't played in 2023 technically, but like in 2020, uh, sorry, 2024 technically, but 2023, when me and Faith were playing the DLC together, there were still so many bugs. Like we were, I was falling through the floor. I was seeing like the underworld and everything. They'd never fixed it. They can't do this again with with ZA or whatever comes next with Gen whatever we at Gen Ten. Yep. So especially with Gen Ten, oh my gosh, if you screw up Gen Ten, which is like your anniversary <laughs> Gen, like hello, mm, yes. it's gonna be a problem. It's gonna be a problem. And if you want that to be as your like the the. The staple of future generation Pokemon, like ugh. yeah. And remember, they said they want they want to keep it going for decades, but they can't do that if they keep doing lesser quality releases. So, we shall see. Jen, any final thoughts on what you want? Mm, not particular. I feel like I'm mostly just interested to see where ZA goes. Like I'm still kind of caught on like is it the past. Is it the future? I guess there's hints for both, but I'm not, can't really know. Yeah. I really 
hope that the extra year will give them time to perfect the, the game a little bit more so that or at least enough so that you're not falling through the floor all the time. <laughs> Personally, I never got that glitch on mine, but I remember taking screenshots like, hey, look, my matchup is flo is floating. Yeah. I, I can't tell you how many times the camera would like tilt right when the battle hit, and then I would be seeing like half of the underworld and half of the overworld. It was so annoying, including in the DLC. So they never fixed that. Huh. So, yeah, the, gl the glitches were numerous. <laughs> the glitches were numerous. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Pokemon Company, you know, we've, we're, we're throwing down the gauntlet. You claimed, you literally claimed that you were listening to us with feedback and that you weren't going to make the same mistakes that you did in Gen 9. Here's your chance to prove it. Because you can either guarantee that the Legends franchise will continue, or you're going to kill it in its crib. Because let's be honest, it's still in its crib. This is only the second game in the spinoff line. So, plenty of time to die. <laughs> <laughs> so... Got to get through the growing pains. Exactly. You know, you had, oh, this is going to be such a gross metaphor. You had a really great childbirth. Now you're in the infant years. Don't, don't <laughs> kill your infant. Don't kill your infant. You know, you know, I mean, don't kill your, don't, don't kill your toddler. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I never knew how to feel about that word toddler. Like, yeah. Anyway. So I'm still excited. I want to see Zygarde in all of its glory outside of the anime. And I hope that this game delivers. We, I, I am more than happy to wait to 2025 because it means they are spending the time to get it right. And that's what we want. That's what we want from all game developers and publishers. All right? That and, like, stop doing live service games. But I can't, I can't have that kind of hope. So. <laughs> Not until we have a real crash of the game industry. And then they realize, you know, maybe live service games aren't the way to go. Even though that we've been giving you signs, like, oh, you want to keep going on this, like, horrible shipwreck train. Yeah. It's like, here we go again, you know. Yeah, another crash, and then, okay, let Nintendo save you again before you, like, oh, maybe, yeah, as you said, as it says, it's bad. Uh... See, the irony is that if there was a crash, Nintendo's just going to be there with a cigar go, really? It prints money for us? <laughs> like yeah like oh it happened again okay it's up to us <laughs> here's a switch too here's a switch you ah. no <laughs> behold the power it's the only console you can buy you have no choice oh boy all right and with that horrifying look into the future <laughs> <laughs> we are ending the, this episode on the Ten Team podcast. What do you at home want to see from Pokemon Legends ZA? Between the story, the gameplay, the visuals, the depiction of Zygarde, everything in between. Let us know. Also, uh, do you want a new Bravely Default title? Do you think Nintendo has a chance in the YouTube? In the I almost said YouTube. Yes, N Nintendo's. <laughs> they would lose that one. <laughs> I'm going to bet that they would lose that one. Um, do you think they'll have a chance against Yuzu in uh, the lawsuit? Would you like Epic Mickey 3 if Rebrush does well? Who are you picking in the Splatfest? And of course, are you playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? Please say yes. No. Uh, and of course, Tifa yes. or Aerith. These are, the, these are the questions that keep us up at night. Uh, also, Tifa and Smash Brothers, I wouldn't mind that either. I mean, let's I mean, technically we do. Do we? The me costume, unfortunately. Oh, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll find they'll actually make a Final Fantasy fighting game. <laughs> you are you are doing that jokingly, right? 
I don't know. We yeah. kind of, I mean, we kind of quote unquote did that with a Dissidia. That's, like, that's what I was saying. Was that a joke at Dissidia's? Oh, okay. I actually just missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not going to blame you for forgetting Dissidia. A lot of people did, especially NT, because that exists. So. Yeah, you get the PSP ones. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let us know in the comments below. So, for our very special guest, Jesse Jess, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Warrior Will and Skull Kid Scott. I am Triforce Todd. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not out of lives. We've made it to the end of the level. So, raise the flag.